0: So I will be talking about choices and the directions in life and I'm actually going to split this up into two parts. The first part is going to be about how it's about being lost and what to do when you, when you feel lost. And the second part is going to be understanding how to understand a purpose, how to determine the purpose of life for you. Because they both intertwine together. When you feel lost you have no sense of purpose. But when you have a sense of purpose that God gives you, you don't feel lost. You have more confidence in the direction that you're going with your walk with God. So, since this is the second time I'm going to be doing this, I feel a little warmed up. Hope you don't fall asleep, because I lost one. He was out, man. Now I'm just teasing. He was, he was way tired. I could see in the Before I even started, he was like, falling asleep already. So I'm going to tell you about two times I was lost. The first time was last night. So um, my roommate, God bless his heart, snored really, really loud. The first time I fell asleep, I didn't I fell asleep before I, he fell asleep, so it didn't really work. But then I kinda got woke up around one in the morning. And I couldn't go back to sleep. So I went down the front desk and said, Hey, do you have earplugs? Because I usually carry earplugs before, but I forgot them. I can stick them in my ear and I can sleep through anything. It's amazing. And um, Quote, if you ever do youth ministry, if you want to buy earplugs, just for future reference. Um, but I fr- So I'm like, well, is there like a Walmart that's open 24 hours? He's like, yeah, it's down the road. So I said, okay, I'll just go there and buy earplugs. I'm not going to be able to go to sleep anyway, so why not go get them and come back and go to sleep because I'm tired. So I'm driving down Interstate 90, and I turn on Highway 16, and I was supposed to go... To the left, but I went to the right instead because I by that time I'm really tired. I already forgot the directions he gave me, so I just decided I'm gonna go right. And if I don't see it after three or four stoplights, I'll turn around. So it says two stoplights after you get off the interstate 90. And so, come on over. So I go to the fourth stoplight, and I realize that the Walmart's not on this side of the interstate. So, I'm at a stoplight, and it's green, and I can, so I decided that I'm going to go ahead and do a U-turn, the turn to go back the other way direction, because that's, that's what you do. Well, I'm wrong, because at this point in time, I'm lost already, but also, I made an illegal U-turn, because in the state of Wisconsin, you cannot do U-turns on certain highways. Did not know that, so what happens? A cop sees me, and I get pulled over at 2 in the morning last night. He comes over to me. I had my ID and my insurance already because that's what they asked for, and I said, "Is there a problem?" Because at this point in time, I have no idea if I did anything legal. The only thing you would think of is he might be asking me if I'm lost because I definitely did not know where I was going. So I determined. So he goes, "Well, you made an illegal U-turn." I'm like, "Well, I didn't see a sign that said I couldn't make a U-turn." He said, "No," and then he explained to me the law in Wisconsin that you can't make U-turns. I'm like, "Oh, well, definitely would not know that." So he said, "That's okay. I'll, I'll um, go ahead and um, issue you a warning." because I explained to him that he asked me if I was from Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I said, "I'm here with a conference, and you know, I need to go to Walmart to get some things, um, because I can't sleep and whatnot." So he understood. He was like, "It's cool." So he, he go, so he gets to go run my license, he comes back. He gives me the warning, and then he gives me the directions to go back. I can tell you what, I probably would have drove a lot longer, because he says like, well, you know, the Walmart's not actually on the left turn. Like, It's like you have to see it before and then you have to like do these turns. I wouldn't have known that. I probably would have gone back and forth the highway a few times trying to figure out. So I'm actually kind of glad I got pulled over because he gave me the exact direction. That's the third time I've ever been pulled over. Every time I got pulled over has been at two in the morning. The first time, I was I was um, managing a restaurant in Minnesota, and I was dropping off an employee at their house, and I was actually two employees. I was dropping one off, and then I was gonna go drop off the other one. And he saw me leave the parking lot because the house is right next to this parking lot. He saw me leaving because that's where I dropped her off, and I was going. And he followed me, and he's like, "This is kind of suspicious." And he pulled me over. Then he realized I was the manager, and he said, "Oh, no worries." I said, "Okay." The second time I got pulled over was at 2 in the morning. It was actually from a youth event. And we were watching it. We were, like, stayed really late and watched this movie. And I was dropping off these kids to the thing. And the cop pulls me over. So I'm like, what did I do? I don't know what he did. And he looked at me and he got about 10 feet from my car. He says, I have the wrong car. Go ahead and go. I'm like, all right, sounds good. And I go pulled away. So I don't know if I should drive at 2 in the morning anymore. <laughs> because for some reason, when I drive at 2 in the morning, I get pulled over a lot. Well, so that's the first story. I can tell you what I, I can say I was actually lost at one point in time. But I got directions and a sense of I knew what I wanted, I had a purpose, I went to it, and I did that. The second time I felt lost was actually a more of a really felt lost in my life, lost. And it happened a few years ago. What happened was I got a phone call from my dad. My dad tells me your mom was just placed in a, um, mental institution in one of their wards. I'm like, what? I'm sorry? Turns out my mom has been suffering with depression and also has multi-personality has like a second ego I don't know if you've studied psychology yet in high school or in college but you know the ego aspect is you can have many I guess well I'm like, oh well, that's great so I finally talked to my mom after a week of finding out and when I talked to her I just wasn't my mom. And you all know when you talk to your mom and your mom's okay, everything's right. But when, you talk, when I talked to her, it was not my mom. The person I was talking to was not my mom at all. Totally different person. Didn't sound like her. She didn't have the confidence that she usually had. Totally different person. It hit me hard. It's my mom. My mom's hurt. That's not my mom. What happened to my mom? Just tons of things in her past came up and just hit her hard. Well, at the time I was living in Texas, and I was dating this girl for about three years now. And her sympathy was a pat on the back. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, well, that's great. Thanks. It's what I needed. Pat on the back. I'm sorry. My mom's dying almost mentally, and I got a pat on the back. I'm sorry. That's great. It's lovely. Uh, she was there a little bit more than me, but basically, what it came down to is she wasn't really there for me. So right there, another. The person I expected to be there most for me in a time of need, because every time she was in need, I was there for her, she wasn't. Then, the whole conversation comes up, she doesn't feel like her relationship is going well. Now, at the time, I was dating her, we talked about getting married, we talked about, you know, we'd get engaged about this time, and then we'd get married about a year after that. And then she would work on her master's degree and it would be all happy, Dory. We'll be live happily ever, we'll have a nice apartment, have kids, blah blah blah. So, you know, so I had pretty much like a five year plan figured out with this girl. And that was just shot down the drain at that point in time. So my mom, great support, and this girl, everything that I knew, everything that I had a, an assurance in was gone. Really gone. So I had to step back. I was lost. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was happening. I was very confused. I just didn't know. I can tell you, I think the most I felt of all of that is I was anxious. I was anxious for everything to end, everything to move on, everything to continue. I just wanted it to be over with. The thing is, is that you guys might not have a situation like my mom. Well, you might have like, a relationship and you feel lost, and that, that sucks. It does. But, everyone is going to feel lost. In fact, one of our prophets, Isaiah, this is what he says. In chapter 6, verse 5, he goes, And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King of the Lord of hosts. He straights out and says that I'm lost. I don't know where I am. I'm around all these people that I don't know about. And all I can see is God. So he's lost and all he can see is God. That's a good thing. But at the time when all this stuff was happening, I didn't really see God at the time. So what I had to do is kind of get a sense of where I was at. And all I knew was I felt anxious. And I can tell you right now, the scripture says that we should not be anxious. The last thing God wants us to be. Because when we get anxious, we become impatient, we become frustrated, we become confused. All these things are coming through our life and we're just overwhelmed. This is in six Matthew chapter six through twenty five through twenty seven. My bookmark I put out. Sorry. All right. It says, "Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the of the air." They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour of his lifespan to his life? So basically he just says, it's not going to help to be anxious. Being anxious is not going to help anything. What I was feeling did not help. It didn't help my situation at all. In fact, it made it worse. Got even more paranoid. I wanted everything to go away. I wanted everything to fix. I kind of wanted to push people away, my friends. I wanted just space. It didn't help. What I had to do, and what I ended up doing, is I went to God. This is in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, come to me, because he will give you rest. I can tell you what, I was pretty tired after all this stuff was happening. With my mom, my girlfriend, with my five-year life plan that was happening. All that was gone. I was tired. I was worn out, and I was very heavenly laden. It also says in Numbers chapter 6 verse 26 says the Lord lift up my uh, accountants upon you and give you peace. God says come to me and I will give you peace. I will lift it up and I will take it away from you. I will give you a sense of strength. And when he does that we have a sense of direction. We can know what to do. And we all have directions. We all have a path. Psalm 1611, Psalm 175, Psalm 233, and Acts 2, chapter, Acts 228. All talks about the direction that God will put you on. The path that he will lay you on. All those things will be talked about. So what you should do, because when you're lost, you're not on your path. I can tell you that I was not on the path that God wanted me on, and I got lost. I got confused, I got anxious. All these things happened, and it went the opposite way that God wanted me to go. So what do you have to do? The first thing you have to do is you have to spend time in your Word. In the Word. You need to spend time studying and memorization. And I realized as someone, as a junior high student, a high school student, and a college student, and even as an adult, the last thing you really want to do is open your Bible memorize things. When you're at school, you have to read and memorize things that you don't want to do anyway, let alone pick up another book and have to read and memorize. But the thing about it is that this amazing little book does a lot more than just teach you. It gives you comfort. It gives you understanding. It'll help you get put back on that path. It'll take you off from being lost. The next thing you guys have to do is you have to spend time in prayer. You have to pray. You have to pray specifically. Not praying, oh God, I'm lost. What should I do? I don't know what to do. My life is going crazy. You have to be specific. And I can tell you, when all that stuff was happening, I was angry. I was angry for what happened to my mom. I was angry because of the situation I was in. Bear in mind my fault. I was dating the girl. Bear in mind all these things. I was angry and mad and upset. And I went to God and I said specifically, I was angry and I was mad about these things. And that's it. It's always sad. Sometimes through crying tears. I also asked God to open doors and close doors. Because I didn't know what to do. God had to do it. God had to direct me where I needed to go and how I was going to do it. He had to give me that sense of strength. And you guys know what I mean by open doors and closed doors? Think about a door. When you go to a door that's closed and locked, can you open it and can you walk through it? Right? No. But when the door is open, what can you do? You can walk through
1: it. Walk
0: through it. You can walk through it. So when I go to God, I say, God, you need to close some doors and open the door that I need to be in. He's going to open one door. Because what happens is, I'm not making the decision. I'm not making the choice. God opens the path for me. I'm specific. The next thing you need to do, so it's you have to spend time in the word, you have to spend time praying, and you have to spend time meditation. In meditation. You guys ever go to the park and just look at the sky, watch the birds? Remember like a kid, you would lay and you look at the sky and you look at the clouds and you're like, Oh, that looks like a monkey. It looks like a dog. It looks like my aunt. I don't know why, but it looks like my aunt. It was kind of peaceful. It was relaxing. I could just have a sense of God. Or, there were times that I've gone to the mountains in Colorado and I literally just sat and just looked at the mountains and just saw God in those mountains. A peace came over me and understanding time went through. Actually, now most of my time in meditation is mopping a floor. My church isn't a hotel right now because we don't have a church building. So we have this hotel room in the basement, it's like a conference room, that we use for free. So, as a service to the hotel, we try to clean things for them so they don't have to pay staff to do it because we're getting a good deal and it doesn't hurt us to go clean something. So, once a week, I'll go mop this huge patio. It's probably as big as this sanctuary or so, probably a little larger. And I would just sit there and mop, And no one talks to me, because they're all working. And the guests have kind of realized that I'm not an employee, because I don't dress like one. And they've kind of, a lot of the guests that are in the hotel, we stay stay there for long periods of time. So they've kind of figured out that I'm one of the church pastors. Because they've come to church and either seen me preach or, you know, heard through other people or whatever. So they kind of leave me alone. They don't really talk to me. Let's say this is someone new, and they're like, so, you like mopping? And I'm like, well, actually, I do. It's really relaxing. And they're like, what? But, during that time, you guys, I actually think about life. What my life should do. What's going on in my life. Choices about ministry, about my church. Choices about work, my paying job, that pays me right now. All these things, my family, I think through, and I meditate on them, and I go to God, and I just, Just think and just listen to what God has to say to me. Because he's speaking through me. God's speaking through me while I'm walking and mopping a floor. Go figure, right? And then you have to seek counsel. You have to go to someone, a spiritual mentor, a parent, an older friend, much older friend, not your one-year-older friend, Someone more older, more wise. You have to go to them and ask them. Explain to them what's going on in your life. Tell them everything. And be like, give me wisdom. What should I do? Point me in a direction. They're not going to tell you exactly what to do. None of my mentors told me exactly what I should do. They only gave me counsel. They prayed for me. They told me to seek these verses in Scripture. And they, they said... And they would agree on certain things that I made decisions on. Certain things that God has led me to, they would agree on. Or they would say, maybe that's not what God wants. And the next thing is patience. It's patience. By the time I got the call from my, my dad, to the time that I was able to move on and be back on the path was six months. So that's six months of hurt, hardness, pain confusion, all these things going on, all these things God is working in my life, just because I was lost, just because I was not on the right path, six months, I had to be patient. Because what's the opposite of anxiousness? Patience. God doesn't want you to be anxious, but be patient. You have to be patient. When you do these things, word, spend time in words, spend time in prayer, Spend time in meditation. Spend time in... Go to counsel. And just be patient. Let God work. And what He's doing there. In that time... He will put you on the right path. He will put you in a spot that you are no longer lost. Those things will help. And actually, here's the thing, you guys. Word, prayer, meditation, counsel, and patience. Those all things help you grow spiritually. Those... All these things help you grow spiritually. It's not just to get on over lost, being lost. It's to help you grow spiritually. So that is—that's what you have to do. That's what I've done. That's what people who have mentored me—they have done when they have been lost. They've gone to God. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in the Word. Meditating, counsel, and being patient. But... There's a reason why I was lost. Because God had a purpose for me, and I walked away from my purpose. Now I know as, when, I was in EFI, when I was in high school, I had no idea what I was there. Until I went on this mission trip to Asia, I had, my plan in life was to work for McDonald's and make a million dollars by the time I was 30. Because by the time I was 22, I've been a store manager making $60,000 a year in a corporate car, driving me everywhere I needed to go, and so on and so on and so on. That was my plan. Not a great plan the way I look at it now, but it was a plan. I had to start. i can tell you right now, God has a purpose and a plan for each one of us. So we're kind of switching gears a little bit. Talking about a purpose. How do you determine the purpose? How do you love God? to Show you purpose. First, we have to understand that God has a purpose for us. That's going to be found. He talks about it. He says that we each have a problem. That's Psalms one thirty nine, one through three. It says, "O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You search my thoughts from afar. You search out my path." and my lying down, and acquainted all with all my ways." He has a path. He knows who you are. He's made you for a reason. We were created for a purpose. He knows this. He will lay that path for you. He will give you a sense of purpose. I can tell you right now, everyone has to have purpose. Many people that I talk to, they're like, oh, I'm just looking for purpose in life. I just don't know what to do. I have no idea. I don't have a purpose. But, because we're Christians, we all have purpose. Everyone has the same purpose. There are two things that I say everyone has the same purpose for. And it's the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. When God calls us to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, tells us to go do this. Everyone. Everyone's purpose. If you're a believer in Christ, this is your purpose you have. This is what you do. That's one. The next saying you he calls us to be a light for him. That's found in Matthew 4, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. It says, You are a light in the world. A city set on a hill, cannot be hidden. Nor do people light up a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that you may see, may see your good works and give glory to the Father who is in heaven. That is another purpose we have. Those, everyone who believes in Christ has that purpose. But then each one of us are called in different ways. It talks about in Matthew, I mean Ephesians 4:11, God calls us to be pastors, to be, to be evangelists, to be apostles, to be prophets. The list goes on. God calls each one of us to be in a certain area, a certain aspect, to be teachers. It's different for each one. God calls slightly different. But then God gives a specific calling. Sorry, train of thought, go back. But then God gives us gifts for this calling. And this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's a list of all the gifts that God gives us. Literally, lists goes on and goes on. Spiritual gifts that God gives us for our callings. But then he's more it becomes more specific. He narrows it down. Paul shares about his calling. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 1 he gives a specific specific, specific calling for each person. We're going to read John's calling. If I go to the right book, right? It goes on. Paul called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ. The first part that is his calling. That's what Paul said. That's his calling. Even Peter has a calling. And Jesus says, gives, actually specifically gives Jesus um, Peter his calling. And that's found in chapter 21, John chapter 21, 15 through 19. It says here, And then when they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to, you, said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Be my life. He said, to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Feed my sheep. And he said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And then Peter was grieved. He said to him, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you should dress yourself and walk wherever you want, wherever you want but when you are old, you will stretch out your hand, and another will dress you, and carry you where you should go. This he said to him, to show him the kind of death, he was glorified to God. And he said to him, follow me. So Peter's calling was, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, and follow me. So a very specific calling. And Peter's known to be the rock of the church, the foundation of the church. And I have a specific calling. Mine is found in Acts chapter 13 verse 47. It says, I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may be salvation to the end of the earth. My calling of light is to be aligned with Christ, to reach the Asian community and culture. That is my mission. That is my purpose. That is me. And you guys, can each, you guys each have one, too. You might not know it right now, but it's okay. The way I determined this, the way I found this was, well, six years ago, or f- five years ago, I was being discipled by a pastor at my first college I went to, okay, maybe six years ago, and he asked me, what is my purpose? And I said, uh, serve God? No, he said, what is your purpose? I'm like, um, well, you know, Asian people, reach them for God and so on. And he said, then he pulled out on sheet. Yeah, Jewish people. He laid it down and he reads it. This huge paragraph. He says, you know what this is? We're like, because mm, it's my friend. He's like, this is my mission. This is my purpose. This is my statement. This is what represents my walk with God. That's what it means. He said, you have to have a purpose. You have to find a mission. A statement that represents you, that God has called you to be. A purpose. The thing is, is that he said to me, is that you're not going to know the exact details. You're not going to know every single thing. I don't know what I'm going to be doing one year from now. I have an idea what I'm doing one month now, because I'm scheduled books, book, but that might not even happen. Something might happen. The teacher from China that let to come might not actually come. He might get delayed, whatever. Something might happen, but I'm not going to know the exact details. All I know is that God has given me a calling and has given me a vision. The vision is that statement, it gives me a purpose. Remember, everyone wants a purpose in life, everyone's looking for a purpose in life. This is how you determine it. So, this is what he said to me. The first thing you have to do. Think about a verse that represents you. That has always spoken to you. That's always meant something to you. Think about it. Or read through it. Think about something that represents you. I'm like, well, I want to reach Asian people, feel like a purpose for that. And then search it for it in Scripture. Then once you find it, which mine be Acts chapter 13, verse 47. Once you find it, write a little statement, a paragraph or so, what it means to you. So I did that. I wrote it. I brought it back to him the next week. I said, well, this is what I got so far. Great. Now make it into one sentence. Can make it more defined. Pray about it. And that's where I first got the first part of my mission statement. To be alive and work for Christ. First aspect. Over the years, it's become more defined. I've added to it. I haven't taken away. I've only added more detail to it. Because I know specifically what more God has called me to. It gives me a purpose. And the thing about it is this time that I was lost, I was not on the path of the purpose that God had me on. I was not. That's why I was lost. That's why I was confused. And the only way I believe that God caught my attention was with my mom. That was the thing that started me to go back on the path that I had to be on, was my mom. Uh, my mom was way better than what she used to be. She's very much herself now, interacting with her. You can tell that she's grieving from things in the past, but way not. Like when I talk to her, it was my, this is who my mom is. So I always know my mom. This is who she is. The only way God used that to put me on the right path. Because He knew my purpose was not the right purpose. So there you go. You have a sense of where to go from here. If if you're lost right now, you now know what you need to do to get from being lost to being on track and being right with God. If you're trying to figure out what you should do with your life, could now kind of put a stepping stone on determining a purpose. Now, I know each one of you guys, some of you guys aren't going to be pastors, some of you guys aren't going to be missionaries. Some of you guys are going to get an awesome job at some great corporate job, make a lot of money, and you're going to support people like me who do ministry. That's awesome because I need people to support me who do ministry. But don't make that an excuse to not do God's work because God has a specific purpose. It's going to be different for each one. So that's kind of refresh a little bit. Kind of think about it. So if you're lost, you need to spend time in the Word. Spend time in prayer. You need to meditate, you need to seek counsel, you need patience. You want to find a purpose, you want to seek a purpose, you have to spend time in the scripture. You have to pay over that scripture, you need to write it down, and you need to ask God is this what that is this what represents my life? Is this it? And God's gonna show you. And from there you have a purpose. So you know when you get lost, you know what purpose you need to be on, you need to go back on that track. So let me pray real quick for everyone here.